Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's now time for the North Shore Drive podcast. The Pittsburgh Steelers are victorious and 9-7, keeping their playoff hopes alive. We'll talk about how the offense did it yet again for another 30-point performance. Mason Ralph, Najee Harris, and the entire company. And also... What's the quarterback situation going into next week after Kenny Pickett was made inactive while Mason Rudolph delivered a second straight 30-point game? That and the Steelers' playoff hopes, which look a little bit better than they did going into this week. All that here and more on the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette's North Shore Drive podcast. Chris Carter, Brian Batko, let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello, welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter. He's Brian Batko. We're both of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and we're here talking about the Steelers' big 30-23 to win over the Seattle Seahawks, advancing the team to 9-7, and keeping their playoff hopes alive. Lots to dissect from this game. But first, I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. It's the it's my favorite place to go to, and you get there right on the North Shore. Whether you're in town for, for a game or you're just experiencing nightlife in Pittsburgh, you got to go down to, to, to Mike's Beer Bar across the street from PNC Park, right on Federal Street. They have over 20 televisions to watch whatever sporting event that you want. You can even reserve a television to a game that you specifically want to follow, and over five hundred different available beers 300 of those beers being local 80 of those local beers being available on tap and new ones come in every single week we'll get to more on mike's beer bar later here brian the steelers won this game 30 to 23 you and i both picked them to win and i have to say i I thought they would win by a touchdown i didn't think they'd win scoring 30 for a second straight game what's the biggest source for this happening uh in this game i think in in this one specifically you know, credit to Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan for a, a game plan that was smart in its simplicity. Seahawks were allowing the six most rushing yards in the league coming into this one. And now they were down Jordan Brooks. You and I have seen Devin Bush <laughs> try to flow down and, and make run fits and get off blocks. And it's not a pretty sight for him, which is why he did not <laughs> make it to a fifth year in Pittsburgh and didn't get, uh, you know, starter type of money or playing time in any other city has to step in in Seattle. And, you know, again, tip your cap to Steelers coaches for coming in, uh, you know, planning to run the ball right at the Seahawks. And also, you know, you got to give it up for the Steelers O-line and running backs being able to execute that game plan as well. But the other layer to this, and it's unavoidable, you know, by the time people listen to this, it's already going to have been talked about and discussed ad nauseum. I mean, Mason Rudolph, to me, just made sure they were able to do everything uh, and and get to everything they wanted to get to. They stayed on schedule. He was decisive and efficient. Even, you know, some of the throwaways, he made those decisions quickly so that they stayed out of trouble and ahead of the chain. So could Kenny Pickett have, have come in and run a similar offense against that Seahawks defense? Maybe. 
Maybe even Mitch Trubisky could have done it the way that Najee Harris was tossing people uh, to yeah. to Olymp- uh, Olympia, Washington, and and places thereabouts. <laughs> but, uh, and Jalen Warren too. Let's uh, let's not sleep on him. I actually thought in the first half he was probably the best player on the field for either side and allowed the Steelers to get out to that lead. So uh, yeah, I mean that that to me was was the difference. Played right into the recipe to win that game, and Mason Rudolph didn't do anything to hurt that formula at all. If anything, he helped it. Yeah, I think so. Especially you look at one of the plays of the game, maybe not the play of the game, but one of the plays of the game, third and six pressures in his face. He's uh, the lineman is being backed up into him. He throws just a, a, a he just throws up a, a dime. George Pickens plucks it out the air, a 34 yard game, got the Steelers down to the Seahawks 22 yard line late in the fourth quarter. or Well, actually early in the fourth quarter, but still that would set up an eventual uh, touchdown that the, that the Steelers would get. Or no, that was a field goal drive. But still, that was huge to keep the drive going. They were able, they were able to get a get a field goal that put them up by a touchdown, I believe, actually in the game. And that was a, a big difference point for them after because the next drive was the uh the fumble caused by Nick Herbig, recovered, and then they got another field goal from that going up 10 in the final two and a half minutes. I mean, there's certain clubs that Mason Rudolph has in his bag, and there's certain clubs that he doesn't have in his bag. And uh, yeah. that throw specifically, I mean, at his size. We heard a lot from players this week and last week, both on offense and defense, about how he's a statuesque quarterback in a good way because Mm -hmm. of his ability to hang in the pocket and deliver big throws. I I don't know if Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky are like physically capable of making that throw. I mean, they're 6'2", 6'3". Rudolph is 6'5", and he's able to get that extension up and over an oncoming pass rusher. One of The other two guys, they probably have to – try to sidestep and maybe throw off platform there. Um, You know, I don't know that that's like the be all end all solution to get the Steelers offense going, but clearly it's clicking more with Rudolph under center than it was either of the other two. Right. I think it's definitely clicking more and like, you know, say what you want, but the running game, I think feeds off of Mason Rudolph's ability to distribute the football through the air. Because when, uh, you know, even in the last drive, the Steelers had when they were winding out the clock first play, they drop back. Mason Rudolph hits a slant to George Pickens that gets a first down. And then all of a sudden the Seahawks are like, man, we can't just commit just to the run. Um, and, and that was a huge part of it. I think the offensive line deserves a ton of credit too. They moved the Seahawks all game long, just pushing them off the ball, giving Najee Harris and Jalen Warren space. Really the only times I think the Seahawks got stops when they were just blitzing and just saying, we are not letting them run on this specific play. But if they had to kind of mind both the run and the pass on a play, generally – the Steelers gained, gained positive yards. Uh, you look at how they produced Najee Harris, 122 yards on 27 carries for two touchdowns. He's over 200 yards in his last two games. Jalen Warren, 75 yards and a touchdown. Now, both of these guys combined for over 200 rushing yards in a single game. Uh, first time in many years. I think the last time was the was a Chiefs game, uh, maybe back in 2016. Yeah, they set all sorts of rushing records against the Chiefs and in recent years when they've had some blowout wins, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, the run game got going. You saw guys like Dan Moore get into the second level, sealing off linebackers. Devin yep. Bush yet again. Broderick Jones was pulled <laughs> early in that game that, to kind of set the tone, I think. And you know, there were a couple hiccups. Mason Cole's snaps continue to be a cause for concern. But Mason Rudolph handled them. That was the crazy Mason part. Rudolph handled them. Uh, James Daniels got, you know, he got blown back on one Leonard Williams sack, but they didn't let that define them. And like you said, Chris, hard to, uh, you, you have to, pick nits to really find a lot of faults 
with the Steelers' O-line in this one. They, they dominated the game in the first half, and they simply controlled the game in the second half, which is really all they had to do once they got the lead. And, I mean, when you have that kind of what kind of performance from them, it makes Jalen Warren and Najee Harris' job that much easier. Now, both of them 1,000 yards from scrimmage each on the season. A huge production from them. Uh, I think Baltimore should have thrown Godwin Iguabuke in there just to let him get off a little <laughs> bit. You know, everything was clicking for the Steelers' ground game. Absolutely. It, it, it was. Heck, they even got like a jet sweep going to George Pickens uh, in the late in the fourth quarter that that worked. Uh, but bottom line, I think the Steelers offense, it's roaring right now. And now we in the next segment, we turn to the big question. What happens at quarterback now for some of us? It seems like an easy answer. You start Mason Rudolph until that until the, the wheels fall off on that. But with Kenny Pickett inactive, what's going on there? We'll talk about that here on the North Shore Drive podcast for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Chris Carter, Brian Batko, stick with us. we got a lot to discuss. But first, I want to remind you, this show being sponsored by Mike's Beer Bar. It's the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. Just get down to the North Shore right now. I, t- I tell you all the time, it's an amazing place to be. You go down there. They have over 20 televisions. You can watch whatever game you want to watch, whether it's NFL, college football with bowl season. You can watch NBA and college basketball, NHL. The Penguins are on fire right now. If you can't get to the Penguins game, what you can watch it there. Heck, you can watch Premier League soccer if you wanted to. It's all available there. And you can do so while enjoying one of 500 different available beers, 300 of those beers are local and 80 of those local beers are available on tap. And it's always rotating. So you find new ones every single time that you go there. You can also get great meals like their steak on a stone where they bring out a your choice cut of steak brought on a heated stone. And as as you're as you're eating it, all you're doing is cutting it off each piece off, pressing it into the stone, choosing how well done you want every single piece of steak and then enjoy a great meal and a great time at Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. So go down to Mike's Beer Bar, get your sports fix and experience the best bar in Pittsburgh. And when you get there, Tell him Chris sent you. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Chris Carter, Brian Batko. Brian, let us talk about the quarterback situation. Now, going into this week, we knew Mason Rudolph. Um, by about Tuesday or so, was going to be the guy. Mike, Mike Tomlin made it made it very clear. Uh, said that he's the he's the guy we're starting with. We'll see how Kenny Pickett practices throughout the week. We saw Kenny Pickett be limited throughout the week, um, and then it was basically announced, "Hey, Mason Rudolph's the guy." And then shortly before the game, as as inactives were announced, Kenny Pickett was announced with the inactives, and that was an interesting turn because I was of the opinion Kenny Pickett was going to be the number two quarterback going into this game. Uh, our, our own our own man, Jerry Dulac, saying Kenny Pickett was healthy uh, for, for this game. But I think it's also important to, to discern there's also multiple definitions of healthy because we've seen Ben Roethlisberger be benched in games where he could have technically played. In fact, where he ended up did uh, actually playing. Uh, like when the Steelers played the Browns, I think it was 2016, and they had Landry Jones start and, and Ben Roethlisberger was healthy. But – the bottom line right now is Brian have one of his best games ever. Yep. That was the other crazy. He came off the bench and crushed the Browns in that game uh, yeah. when they could have just let Landry Jones sit back there. But uh, Brian, you, the Steelers can't take the ball out of Mason Rudolph's hands at this point, right? I don't think so, uh, especially with the playoffs still, uh, you know, a, a chance to be made as, as long as the Bills or Jaguars lose. That's really the simplest way we could put it to you. you you can go down and look at the nine different scenarios or whatever that include ties and i think there is one even two where the steelers could lose broncos win but still you're, you're going to need the bills and the jaguars to go down in week 18 and you need to handle business uh you know in the charm city against most likely a lot of ravens backups so the fact that you still have that glimmer of hope you've won two in a row you know one game of mason rudolph playing well i, I can 
be objective and say that's a small sample size, at least in the 2023 season. Two games, and, now you're becoming a trend. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Listen, and two, two games is still a small sample size, but this is a small sample size at a key point in the season. They if they lose either of these games, they're out of the playoffs. Like they're like they're they're not in they're not in this conversation. Um, they, they've they, you know he Mason Rudolph delivering these offense and also these offensive outputs. You know maybe they beat yeah, the it's, the it's Bengals so wildly at one end of the spectrum from what we'd been seeing earlier. Exactly, and it's it'd be one thing if Kenny Pickett had had a thirty point game and we had seen the offense hum under him. And to be fair to Kenny Pickett, he only had one game without Matt Canada. And that was the Bengals game. And that was their first 400 yard of offense game and, and everything like there. Granted, they only scored, what, 16 points in that, in, in that game. We had one still, full game. He wasn't, you know, he was okay against the Cardinals early, yeah, wasn't, but, you know, hardly lighting it up in, in, to that point when he got hurt at the goal line. Exactly. And, and, you know, being fair to him, he hasn't had time to, to develop with that. But Mason Rudolph came off of not playing since the, the tie game that they had against the, the Lions. What was that, 2021? And has lit it up. For the, for the Steelers being efficient. Um, he had a, a passer rating of 124 last week, a passer rating of 112 this week, um, making key plays and key situations, taking what's there, doing exactly what we were saying that Kenny Pickett needed to do in games here. And I, I think if you're being objective, you got to keep giving him a chance because if you don't, you're, you're, imagine if they put Kenny Pickett back in. Uh, if he plays great, Awesome, great, yay! Everyone's kumbaya. But as soon as he makes a mistake and and, and things, then the team's going to be looking around. Everyone's going to be saying, "Why is why is this happening?" There's a lot of big questions that have to be answered if he would have to go back in, and that's why I think the easy solution right now is Mason keeps starting until he make makes a mistake. But I think it'll be a big question: Will Kenny Pickett be active in the next in the next game um, if Mason Rudolph is the starter? Um, and uh, where does how does that affect things uh, for the for the Steelers' offense? What a way to ring in the new year. 2024 brought in with a quarterback controversy here in Pittsburgh. And yeah, I mean, I'm just, you know, I, I wouldn't go back to pick it right now. I mean, I, I just think there would be so much pushback either outwardly or internally from players when you're, you've got this hot hand, you feel like you've got a spark. Uh, it would, it would feel very strange to, uh, to go back on the Mason Rudolph ride now but yeah, I mean, to, to your point, Chris, we heard from Pickett on Wednesday that he felt good to go, kind of up to the coaches and the trainers what they were going to decide for his uh, right ankle. It's it's odd to me that you know, there's literally a there's a function now in the NFL rulebook that allows you to dress yes. a quarterback as an emergency guy in the case you know in, in the very far fetched case of your first two going down, but. That's literally the rules, intent, emergency quarterback. In case of the unthinkable, there's a guy who can step in in an emergency. And Kenny wasn't even dressed, you know, for that role on Sunday. Um, that's that's a little strange to me. Mike Tomlin, I think, has been deliberately vague about all of this. He's not going to add more color than he has to as a typical Tomlinism. I think he was sort of bullish and optimistic on Kenny's health throughout the week, ranging from Tuesday to Friday. And then Friday, he announces Mason's going to start, but leaves it up in the air whether Kenny was going to dress or not. If this is a situation where I, – I, and, and look, here's what I'll say. It doesn't make any sense from a competitive advantage standpoint 
for the Steelers to make him inactive if he's healthy enough to play. I mean, it's just right. Exactly. You want every possible edge available to you, especially in these must win scenarios. So that doesn't, I don't think they're benching Kenny Pickett because they think he's been so bad that they don't even want him touching exactly. the field. They'd, they'd rather run the wildcat with Jalen Warren and Najee Harris than Kenny. No, that doesn't make any sense. It, you know, if this is a situation where Kenny's bristling at being replaced by Rudolph or losing his job due to injury, then obviously you've got bigger problems on your hands. I'll just say that. I mean, that's not what you want out of a guy who was a first-round pick. That's yeah. not what you want out of somebody who's supposed to be a leader, and he is a captain. I believe he went out for the coin toss in Seattle. Um, so th these are delicate matters. These are guys with uh, you know certain amounts of self-esteem and, and confidence, and you need to have a healthy ego, I think, to, to make it to this point in the NFL. And everybody's been dealt a curveball here. <laughs> we're, we're focusing on Mason Rudolph and, and Kenny Pickett, but you know, Mitch Trubisky is just kind of like, the middleman right now, you know, he's, he's forgotten about, he's in no man's land. So like I said, everybody is, is having to roll with the punches here. It's going great for Rudolph. It's not going so great for Kenny Pickett. I don't know what Mike Tomlin's going to say about it Tuesday when he gets back up there. He was directly asked after the game about Kenny's availability and just, you know, again, it, I think his exact quote, We'll talk about that next week. Right now, we're just appreciative of the victory. We'll give you guys something to buzz about here for the next 24 hours or yeah. so. Well, we're buzzing. Oh, Mike Tomlin knows what he's doing. <laughs> we're buzzing. I mean, that was the quote about Rudolph continuing to start. This mm. the, Then there was the quote about, you know, Kenny not being active at all, and it was just something about that's how the reps were allocated throughout the week or something. So, like, again, no straight answer there. That's nothing new with Tomlin. I, him dancing around that was probably the most predictable thing ever. But, you know, you can only dance for so long. And then Kenny's going to, I imagine, talk again this week. If he doesn't, that would be odd in and of itself. So here we go. Uh, we're buzzing buzzing through the 24-hour news cycle. And, uh, you know, Mason Rudolph is feeling good. Steelers fans at least can feel good about that. But the overall trajectory of the Kenny Pickett era, such as it is, is suddenly in a holding pattern. Absolutely. And uh, and, and I, I remember saying this before the year, too. I'm, we do enough of these shows. I'm sure I said it on the North Shore Drive podcast at some mm -hmm. point. But, like, to me, the, the trickiest predicament you could be in with Pickett if you're the Steelers is – if he if he's just kind of mid, right? If he goes out and lights it up, obviously yeah. you're feeling yeah. great and for helping uh, going into 2024 with your franchise QB. If he stinks and you bench him and you know you you just can't and he's unplayable and you're not winning games and you're careening toward a top 10 pick, then you're probably moving on. Um, right now they're they're just in the middle ground, which, geez, I mean it's almost a microcosm of the entire franchise at this point over the last six or seven years, but. Here we are. Uh, not a lot of clarity. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But onward and upward right now with the record, having won two in a row. And you know, we'll know this time a week from now whether they're sitting at home for the playoffs or whether they've snuck into the tournament again. And we'll, we'll certainly see. But we'll explore all those scenarios here with you because it is a very real thing that they can make the playoffs. They need just a couple things to go their way if they win, a couple different things to go their way if they lose next week. They're not entirely eliminated, which I didn't think there was any chance of that happening. Uh, 
with 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 the way everything's looked. But we'll break down all those scenarios here on the North Shore Drive podcast, Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Chris Carter, Brian Backo, stick with us. But first, I want to remind you this show is brought to you by Savinas Cannon Gallucci, where Mesothelioma and his bestest lawyers with over 85 years of experience. Call them now for a free consultation. That's that's Savinas Kane and Gallucci. Also brought to you by GameTime.co, the website that you need to go to right now to buy tickets for all your favorite events without it being stressful. Game Time is an app that you can also download to your phone because it's a fast and easy way to buy tickets tickets for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. If you're if you're looking for for tickets and you're running late to an event, or you're just thinking you're trying to save and get the best options, sometimes you're running up to the ticket booth at the on the, on the day of your your concert or your big sports sporting event that you wanted to go to, and you're thinking I want the best deal, and the ticket booth doesn't give you the best deal. Sometimes you turn to the scalpers and you're thinking ah, I don't trust if these tickets are are all right. Well, game time is the best of both worlds. Why? Because you're gonna get that you're gonna get a, a pr- the best prices because you're gonna see game time has the best prices around and in the app that you download right to your phone, you can see the view right from your seat where, where exactly you're sitting in game time so that you know you're not getting scammed getting the better prices than the ticket booth and also getting getting the the, the the surefire ticket instead of instead of trusting a scalper and that's where game time is the best because if you find tickets in the same section or row and row for less for somewhere else in the same event that you got tickets from them in They'll credit you 110% of the difference of those prices. Snag the tickets off the stretch with Game Time. Download Game Time today as an app on your right on your phone. Create an account and use code PITTFIT for $20 off your first purchase or go to the website GameTime.co. Terms and conditions apply. Create an account. Redeem code PITTFIT for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. It's the North Shore Drive podcast here from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Chris Carter, Brian Batko talking with you here uh, on the new year. Here we are uh, getting, getting you guys. show 2024. Exactly. Look at us setting the tone, Brian. Now, let's make it plain and clear. There are, there are multiple ways for the Steelers to make the playoffs. The most likely scenario is for them to win. As it stands right now, according to the New York Times whole, you know, calculator machine thing, the Steelers have a technically a 27% chance as, as they stand going into next week. If they beat the Ravens, that jumps up to 71%. Why? Because then all they would need to happen is one of two things. They would either need the Dolphins to beat the Bills at, and the Dolphins would be at home, and they would need the Titans, or they need the Titans to beat the Jaguars, and the Titans are, are at home. Granted, the t- Titans are playing terribly and look awful the jaguars looked a lot better than they had in the past month uh, with their win over the panthers that might be the, the biggest stretch but the dolphins are a team that has to win their next game at home because if they do not they lose the division to the bills they would go on the road to the kansas city chiefs where they've already lost this year so the dolphins are playing for their for their division lives the bills are playing for their playoff lives that might end up we haven't seen the schedule be released for 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 next week as we're recording this that might end up being the sunday night football game uh, to end to end the regular season. Um, but Brian, as we're looking at this, the other way for the Steelers to get in is if they lose, their, their percentage of chances to get in would drop to about 19% if they lost. But they could still get in if the Broncos beat the Raiders, and then they would still need the, uh, I believe, the Titans to beat the, ja- the Jaguars. But if those two things happened, the Steelers, even with losing, would be would be in the playoffs there because of the bills to lose or uh, the the bills to lose too right actually no because if the that it becomes irrelevant because then they would tie um according to the playoff machine that i'm I'm looking at right now that game becomes irrelevant if the steelers lose because then they can't catch the bills because i think right now they still can't catch the bills if the bills win right and the steelers win so if the steelers lose and the bills lose 
they won't tie the bills. And as it stands right now, I believe looking at this with also another calculator. Um, yeah. If they, if, if they lose, it all comes down to needing the Broncos to knock the Raiders out of the playoffs. And then also the Jaguars needing to lose to the Titans because whoever, if the Jaguars lose, whoever wins Colts, Texans wins the AFC South and whoever loses is out of the playoffs. That's, right. That's a play that might also be the Sunday night game. That could be really interesting to watch as well. I think there's a little, I think, I think there's a little more juice with Bills Dolphins, but yeah, no, again, I, by the time people listen to this, the, the schedule's probably out. So it's a right. new point. You can see instantly whether I was right about that. Is there what is your what is your opinion on the likelihood of any of these things happening, winning or losing? I mean, I don't think the Jaguars are gonna lose at Tennessee, but you know, Mike Vrabel coached teams generally play hard. That was my take on the Friday show and, you know, they stunk it up uh, this weekend, but, you know, I still feel like they're not, they're not going to go down easily, especially at home to end the season when you can play spoiler perhaps for a division rival. I think if the Steelers take care of business, I feel like we are going to be sitting here talking about, cause you're right. The way you laid that out for the dolphins, you know, they, they need to play like a desperate team. Although the, the Bills are just so uh, so hot right now that it might not matter how desperate Miami is, they might just be a, a buzzsaw. Good of a team, yeah, up there in Buffalo. So I, you know, I still, I still feel like it's, it's, it's almost more likely than not to me because I think the, the Ravens are going to rest people, the mm-hmm. Steelers are going to be playing with their backs against the wall, and one of the Bills or Jaguars, I think, will slip up. I'm I'm with you here. Also, the Bills. I mean, they've been a buzzsaw. They barely eked it out against the Patriots at home today. Like it's yeah, like there was some been, funky stuff in that game. I mean, there the were there were by the Patriots was a. We talk about weird bounces. It's usually a ball. Weird. In that case, it was Jalen Rager or whatever. You know, literally bouncing off of a man, spinning and picking up steam on his way to the end zone. Yeah, uh, and, and to be fair, also the Dolphins got absolutely slaughtered by the Ravens. Like, yeah. if there was a team that was struggling with confidence maybe it would be the Dolphins after the way I mean let's also talk about the Ravens for a sec how about this team that has gone from like "Eh, they're all right but like are they going to do anything in the playoffs to in back-to-back weeks they utterly dismantled the Niners and the Dolphins this was supposed to be the stretch for the Ravens that was going to sink them or to 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 force them to have a a rough end of their season we were talking about this about a month ago that when they were playing the jaguars at the jaguars at the niners and then at home against the dolphins man like they were at least going to lose one or two of those games not only did they win those games they're on a six game winning streak they've already clinched first seed in the in the afc uh playoffs um i I agree they're gonna have to rest people and i think that they will considering the way they rested people the last time the steelers were playing them in such a situation in 2019 um but is this team are they actually the best team in football right now brian or do you think that they're, they're on a hot streak and there's some other team that you have your eye on no i've always been a believer in the ravens i mean that week five game against the steelers so many wonky things happen mm-hmm. that they lost that you know not just the drops on plays that they're going to make more often than not Lamar Jackson making a terrible decision and throwing that pick, which I don't think he's typically going to do. I, I allow that he has often played poorly against the Steelers for whatever reason. Coincidentally, matchup base, they have his number. I don't know. But uh, I, I just think even from that game forward and before that game, I, I thought the Ravens were really good, really deep. The thing that I'll say about the Ravens, Chris, they just have so many players that it feels like we knew that guy was good going into yep. the draft. 
And like yep. the analysts at the end of April, they, they pick little nits about guys and they find minor details. This guy's length isn't ideal. This guy's speed isn't ideal. And it's just like, sometimes we forget if a guy, if everybody seems to agree that someone's a good football player based on the film and whatnot, like he's probably a good football player. And it just seems like in recent years, the Ravens are ending up with a lot of those players from Tyler Linderbaum to Kyle Hamilton. I saw Trenton mm-hmm. Simpson, rookie linebacker, made a big play for them today. I think a tackle for loss. So they're ending up with those guys. And to me, it's showing when you look at what they're doing. You know, Zay Flowers, even as a first round pick wide receiver, he's been really good as a rookie when a lot of people doubted him because of his size. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think they are, I think they're going to be a problem, not just for the rest of this season. But for years to come, and if if you ask me, are they the best team in football right now? I would say yes. I have to agree. I mean, they they have so many things going for them right now. Heck, they're getting big plays from the receivers now. Like they're getting good catches. Like when was the last time that happened uh, in, in in the league? But you look at the Ravens, Lamar Jackson playing out of his mind. Yeah, uh, I, yeah I didn't it, even mention Lamar in that entire spiel because I, to me, it's just assumed uh, he's playing at a high level. And I, if I had an MVP vote, I'd probably be voting for him. I, I'm I'm right with you. Some people may say Christian McCaffrey, but that dude, uh, he's he's led that Ravens team, and they've also dealt with injuries. They're missing Mark Andrews, and Isaiah Likely's out here scoring points left and right for him. J.K. Dobbins hasn't been here all season, That's and there's no you know Justice Hill is getting it done in their scheme mm-hmm. on the ground. Keaton Mitchell was out there, and even he got hurt. Jeez, right. Yeah. But point being, Ravens have earned their their dues. The Steelers trying to earn their way into the playoffs, but they need help. Again, if, they're, if they have any hope of making the playoffs, they need to either win and then hope that either the Jaguars or the Bills lose their next one, one their next game. Doesn't need to be both. Just needs to be either or. Or if they lose, they need both the Jaguars to lose and the Raiders to lose next week. Both situations can happen. I think the former is more, is more likely to happen. In and the that, last thing the- I'll say, don't sure. discount the possibility of even the Ravens twos beating the Steelers in Baltimore. Absolutely. I think, they, I think you know, John Harbaugh's kind of got some MF or him. I think he would love to stick. Oh, he'd love the best Steelers. in the Steelers uh, with a, a lot of guys. You know, they say I've been in a lot of Ravens post-game locker rooms, victorious and not victorious against the Steelers in my five years on the beat always gets talked about how you're not a Raven until you beat the Steelers. So there are rookies in that room who have not done that yet. There are guys who are inexperienced who would, uh, they'd get their play like a Raven cred if they do beat the Steelers, especially in the scenario where you could knock them out of the postseason at home. Also, the Steelers have won six of the last seven times these two teams have faced each other. Hidden I'm bigger. sure the Ravens are thinking, get those guys out of the playoffs. Like, we can beat anybody else. We just don't want to deal with these annoying these Yeah, annoying. you don't want the familiarity of a division opponent. That That's mm-hmm. that's a factor, too. And, you know, Tyler Huntley, he's had some good moments, some not-so-good moments. But, you know, he obviously he was at the helm last year when the Ravens got in. And, um, you know, we'll – We'll see what happens as as far as I, I saw something that Lamar is going to push to play that that would be foolish in in my eyes. But again, All the injuries that have happened this year, right? But again, you know, even with Tyler Huntley under center, who has experience and a lot of talented, a lot of talented young players, like are they any worse than the Cardinals or the Patriots teams that came to Acershire Stadium and beat the Steelers? Like probably mm-hmm. not realistically. So that's uh, you know that's my last point on on that one. I don't think it'll be a gimme even if uh, the, the seven or eight inactive guys are all big-name dudes for the Ravens. 
Absolutely. We'll see how that plays out. Happy New Year, everyone. We hope that you're getting you got to enjoy the new year with some loved ones. We're going to do that just now because we're recording this literally at like 945 in the evening uh, Sunday on New Year's. I thought you'd be in Times Square, Chris. Oh, totally. That's where I imagine me live broadcasting from there right now. That would be a show. I thought you were in your hotel room. Uh, my hotel room, yes. Um, Ryan, thanks so much for doing this with me uh, here on New Year's Eve. We'll be back Wednesday with more here on the North Shore Drive podcast. But as always, tune in here for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazettes, all of our shows that we come come with all throughout the week. We'll have a lot of breakdowns. And, of course, we'll have a lot of talk about what the Steelers do need to do to make the play, to make the playoffs, what the updates are, who's starting at what positions. We'll make it Fitzpatrick be back. And what are the Ravens doing? We'll keep talking about that as the, as the, as the week rolls on into 2024. We'll see you here on the North Shore Drive Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive Podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all the sports coverage from the Post-Gazette that we have to offer, visit post-gazette.com.